2: More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
1: I never win and tell.
0: Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast. The podcast that thinks they should call the kid Soonus. This week on Heart and Hand, Cum Dog and Craig Levine's Jumper. So, welcome to Heart and Hand, the Range podcast. My name is David Edgar. I'm your host, and I'm joined this week by two splendid guests from the very upper tier of the Heart and Hand fraternity. First, it's the lovely, soothing, dulcet tones of Mr. Martin Ramsey.
0: Evening, gentlemen.
1: Uh, how are you uh, doing after your battle with a lorgy?
0: Just about there. I think the manager says I'm just about to. Make a reappear, so it's good to be back.
1: Well, I made you have an injection and then join the uh, join the ranks tonight. That's that's the way I roll. And uh, speaking of a man who's had several injections over the years, uh, it's Mr. Cameron James Bell. Meat injections. I'll have you know, David. Thank you for having me, Martin. It's lovely to speak to you. More so than David. A man who's uh, who knows his way around a spam javelin or two. That's our, our Cameron. Uh, right, lads. Yesterday, we took on Hearts at Ibrox. And it was fair to say that I don't think many of us were looking forward to this match that much, Martin. And a surreal atmosphere was what greeted everyone as they rolled up at Ibrox yesterday morning.
0: Um, perfectly predicted, really, wasn't it? Um, a wee bit similar to Dundee a couple of weeks ago. We, we, you just knew it was going to be... Flat as fuck, um and weird. We've been here before, sadly. The banter ears throws up so many opportunities for these things. Um so it was just a case of seeing how they would respond really when, when the whistle went.
1: We couldn't have handpicked a better opponent, no. Cammy, uh Martin Cammy, both of you. I mean I couldn't believe the way Hearts lined up. And I've been warned by people who support Hearts, look, Levine doesn't go for it in away games. He'll put out a defensive-minded side. He'll try and sit back and soak up the pressure. And we'll start with you, Cammy, but then Martin, you come in on this as well. I honestly cannot under... Look, I don't profess to know about as much about football as Craig Levine obviously does, but how could anyone watch us the week before and then think, right, lads, we'll sit in and give them space because... I, I don't get
2: it No it's, it's a bit difficult to justify Saying that Rangers are like a caged animal uh, Given how um, We openly shat ourselves At Hamden. Mm-hmm. Um That no, was a, a stupid thing to do If he'd come out at us from the off um, He should have realised This very podcast discussed it That the home atmosphere Very quickly could have went from dull and flat To sour and, um, and Quite vicious Um, He never really capitalised on the opportunity Um, And I think it's um, I think it's added To the fact that I don't think a lot of Hearts fans Are very happy of the Craig Levine Appointed Craig Levine For the manager's job
0: It was a charitable response, really, wasn't
1: it? <laughs> it was, it was very gentle. It was like,
0: it? Are, you, are you boys struggling? Are you having difficulty finding your form? Are you difficult with finding connections? How about you have the ball for 15 fucking minutes and then just try and ease your way back into the game? And, I, 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 yeah, I could and couldn't believe it in, in equal measure because you, you know that's that's what they do.
2: Yeah, now, no, it, I, was I, delighted, I He's quite
0: a good fellow, as Craig, so I don't think he was going to be flexible from his, his away game plan.
2: Now, I do sincerely hope, Martin, that you're not inferring that a team from Edinburgh would purposely set out to help a team from Glasgow. Not in the same weekend. Well, no,
1: not in the same weekend. No. To, okay. to be fair, though, Cameron, they, they set out, the other team from Edinburgh that set out to help set out by winning the game. So, I mean, it was within the laws of what they should have been trying to do anyway. Uh, Hoggy's got this theory that Craig Levine, who now knows, you know, he's at his last job, he doesn't. he's going to be there next season because... His boss Craig Levine isn't going to sack him, uh, and he doesn't give a fuck. So he quite likes Rangers, and he's now finally. And if you look at his trolling this season, he's pretty much left us in peace. He's been striding about Gorge in his orange jumper with his Union Jack mug, and clearly he was like, right lads, you know, I'll, I'll do my best for you. But all joking aside, to to the match itself, Martin. Um, As you say, first 15 minutes, actually played quite well. Got on the ball, made things happen without creating an awful lot. But it was just good to see us knocking the ball about with a bit of zip. Um, Your theory, which I find to be very credible, is if Rangers players are hitting passes with a bit of verve and at pace, then generally you could strap yourself in for some decent play. If they're under-hitting everything, then you might as well go home, really, because they're, they're going to get into their shells at one point. And I thought for the first half hour, first 15 minutes in particular, the first half hour, Rangers, by far the better team, before starting to do that, we haven't scored for half an hour, let's kind of panic slightly and hit the ball in from deep.
0: Um, I saw not a lot of texts and tweets um, saying, oh, we're actually playing quite decent stuff, to be fair. Um mm. I'm not sure I'd go that far. We were okay. Um, we, you can't use last Sunday as a bromp or anything. Um, I think they knew exactly what they were going to get. Hearts have not exactly caused us problems through pressing us on the ball this season. Um, so we knew we were going to get some time and, and space just to try and ease our way back in. We did have some nice combinations, but none of them dangerous. We didn't looked to have any threat really when it mattered um, and you, you do wonder you did wonder certainly by 25 minutes, half an hour uh, okay where, where are we going to go because I think you said David um, this is exactly like watching Hearts uh, come into Ibrox at any point through the last I don't know 20 years mm. um, it's an endurance test, it's just breaking them down they don't have anyone up front of any quality, sorry Cammie um, they don't
1: really have any <laughs> Oh, he's gone for it there hasn't he
0: why don't you just really insult his wife while you're at field? it? They're, they're, a, they're a very good defensive side, so it was really going to be a case of, look, can we break this down? And it, I, I didn't feel like we we were in the first half. I don't think we looked that dangerous, although we were a lot more fluid in the middle third and um, certainly we'd been last Sunday, but that, that couldn't have got much worse.
1: I, I do agree with you that we didn't create an awful lot, and I suppose maybe you're right. My my uh, base level had dropped repeatedly because... After last week, I don't know what I was expecting, but I know what I was fearing, and it was some sort of continuation from that, because our team have shown in the past that when they get a setback, they tend to react to it by cowering and whimpering in the corner feeling sorry for themselves, so it was good to at least see them try to to play with a bit of verve and a bit of of purpose, but... um, yeah, the first half not really much to recommend in terms of goal scoring opportunities. It was one for Jamie Murphy, uh, who Scott said was pish after three games, and we will come to that. And then into the second half, everything changes around Cameron and uh, my boy Cumdog, who is uh, I thought was a, a wonderful, a wonderful example of you know my ex was up one end of the pitch and my current was up the other, and Cummings gets the chance, scores really good goal. The much maligned Josh Windass with an excellent pass, things Jamie Murphy. Candace has made the, the near post run, or the, sorry, the far post run. He gets it. And Cummings had actually been fouled by Berra as they were running in, and it, I think it kind of delays him getting there. So he's in the perfect position to take the pass and finishes with the confidence that you would expect from him. Well, he does, but then,
2: equal at the same point, he doesn't really have the right to have that confidence given how little we've utilised him. But he's um, always going to. For big opportunities, but he, he's always it. But he's is. got it. Yeah, and that's, yeah that, that's actually a really good trait for him to have because um, were we to sign him long term, that goal and that confidence um, gives me the confidence that if he wasn't playing regular, wasn't playing well, he still got the opportunity to finish. Um, or, sorry, sorry, beg your pardon, he's still got the ability to finish opportunities like that. Um, I think what's also pretty good as well is the. I mean it's ifs and buts and maybes and what have you but I I think if Morelos gets fouled like uh, Cummings did by Berra I I don't know if he recovers and gets back on his feet as quickly as Cummings did um, which I think again speaks volumes of his effort, his work rate and what have you I mean I'm not saying that Morelos is lazy per se and I know we'll come on to him but I think it does speak a lot for the fact that Cummings was really eager to get into it and and get it finished The, The pass by Windass I thought was very good what I actually thought was great about the move was Candace's composure to have the little kind of flick and then turn and then obviously the kinda of, the square pass to, to Cummings to be able to try and finish it off. And um a really good goal I think is just a really good open, kinda of quick expansive goal. I thought Murphy, um, not uh, you know, not proven after three games, uh, again continued to threaten, came in came inside and uh I think it was just a, a really good team goal in terms of what it was, but Definitely kudos to Cummings for being able to continue that. I should have been booked after the goal. Should have. But that's the referee in me. Uh,
1: unfortunately, the referee was Craig Thompson, who had another Craig Thompson game. Uh, I suppose can't really expect anything else. Second goal comes along not that long after, Martin. Uh, I think Rangers are two best players on the day. Combining a, a superb ball in from Jamie Murphy and a bullet header from the onrushing Daniel Kandai. It's not one that you expect to see uh, We'll talk through the goal first but then there was something that happened after it that's caught the attention I, hmm. I thought both of them had a splendid second half yesterday really actually enjoyable to watch
0: Yeah, they were good and um, they get a lot more space than they did in the first half um, They are our two exciting players full stop um, all, all through the season even though Murphy's only been here for less than half a season um, they are the guys that will work tirelessly to get something happening um, and more often than not do a bit of a collector's item for, for Kandace I think um, a bit of a Kevin Drinkall effort there in the top corner yep. um, but he was he was well worth it the two of them are super
1: yeah, and it was good. It was just fun to watch. It's nice to watch yeah. two two wingers. You're right, Hearts had set it up badly. We're giving them far too much space, but that's not our problem. And they are talented players when given room to operate. And. Immediately after it, Cameron, uh, Daniel Kendaes, who's very happy at scoring. uh, There's scoring and then there's also the type of goal, and he's obviously a bit giddy in the moment. And he races over to the bench, and for all the world looks like he's going to uh, embrace the manager, but runs past him, does give him a high five on the way past, doesn't completely ignore him, um, and then goes to the... To the subs bench points to the players, uh, particularly Andy Halliday, and tells them all to come out for a hug and a big hug was had. Uh, your thoughts on the whole for
2: I don't think you had to see Sunday's game past to see that Marty's lost
1: that dressing room. Um He did give him a high five. five. He gave him he gave he gave him you know he he put the hand out in the way past. It wasn't a total custard pack.
2: Yeah, but it's also the same thing as when you say hi to your boss in the morning, even though you might think he's a wanker. Um, I I, I, am- is
1: that what you say that, hi uh, to me in the
2: morning? Well, yeah, I mean, that's why I also don't send you a Christmas card because I don't think you're that much of you. Your problem you've got with this, this whole escapade is I think it was slightly staged, which annoys me quite a bit because um, part of what you saw. At Hamden was a lack of player togetherness, and I don't think you get to walk off the pitch when you've been substituted and go straight up into the dressing room on one week, and in the second week act as cheerleader and get everyone else involved in all the rest of it. And it was quite an open, quite visual display. The fact that Marty was was excluded from that, um, I don't think it in any way starts to make up for what happened at Hamden in terms of how certain players behaved and acted Um, but then if that's the case and that's how they want to perform an act whoever replaces Marty then has got a far easier job of being able to come in to say well you've shown evidence of the fact that when you need to you will fight for each other therefore this is is what you're going to be doing at the start of next season Um, no it was all very contrived for me Um, the thing I would say I'm sorry to kind of backtrack slightly as well as, but um, in the lead-up to Murphy getting the ball, it was excellent interception by Holt, who yes. was alive right across that, and I thought that was really, really good. Actually sorely missing from the semi-final, um, but just absolutely nipped in, grabbed the ball to then release Murphy and then take it away from there, which which again showed some really good um, performances by our, our centre mid. Yeah, but we'll, uh, that we'll celebration was, was poor. I... Um, wasn't able to see as to whether or not if Morelos took any part in that, but I'm assuming that he didn't. Um, and I know we're going to come on to him, but if we're going to be have this player unity, everyone needs to be involved in it. It can't just be we cliques and my pal and whoever else as well. It has to be everybody. Um, and there's a part to that, which I think is still a big concern to me. Martin.
0: Uh-huh. Uh, I would echo a lot of that. I think Marialis did. I think he kind of sheepishly. Yeah. I think a lot of them sheepishly kind of got taken out their seats to to join in. The I, only Cammy, I think it's it's, it's contrived. Um, I don't think it makes us look good in any way whatsoever. It just reinforces a broken dressing room uh, in terms of the overall dressing room, including the management. Um, I wonder if there's a Portuguese school involved in there because um, I'm pretty sure in the final days of Andre Via's boas at Chelsea, he instructed his players to come over and celebrate the dugout um, to try and again convey that, that image of um, a, a United, United dressing room. room. Uh, I think Pedro may have done the same at the end as well. Um, it was it was one of those. It's like one of those acts that come on stage and get get people up out their seats and and they're not quite sure if they should or yes. whether they want to or not. Um, instead of one of those where the you know the bench is off their seats anyway. You know they're almost halfway down the touchline anyway. Yeah. And it's a really natural um, expression uh, of unity and togetherness and whatever else. It was it was to make a point a week too fucking late.
1: Mm. Let's straight away put any notion of it helped or it made up for last week to bed no it fucking didn't and anyone who within the camp who believes that is deluding themselves because no fan does Uh, yes you have to start somewhere and they did start there but you've got a long long way to come back from the way that they played the week before I agree, I think the only one who was really excited about it was Greg Doherty. who I think is still in the sort of I'm at Rangers, this is an amazing stage. And, you know, if you told him to run and join a celebration, he would be away and, and halfway up there. Is just quite happy to do so. Uh, the rest of them, as you say, fairly sheepish looking about the about the celebration. Look, I, I don't know if I agree that it was planned because, one, you don't know if you're going to score. I suppose you can have a vague idea in your head, but I would, I would have thought it would have been a, a little bit better organised had it been planned. I think it was a sort of spur-of-the-moment thing. Uh, it wasn't... You know, it was harmless enough, I suppose, but I didn't really... I personally didn't really like the undertone of, all oh, look, we're all dead together, because it's... Or we're all, you know... <laughs> dead together is probably the right phrase, but we're all, we're all here and together. To me, it was very much a sort of, look, it's us in this restroom against the world, and it's like, well, the reason we're all upset at you is because you were so fucking bad last week. So... Maybe it was an answer, we, we were going to come on to this and this is as good a time as any before we continue with the game The Union Bears protest, now particularly interested Cam you, you were involved in a, a singing section in the club deck many moons ago um, And the Union Bears uh, before the match flew banners uh, which said no fight, no pride, nowhere to hide Incompetent on and off the pitch, we deserve better First of all, David Murray's last I had nothing to do with it because he generally blames me whenever he sees that phrase and I'm sure it probably stirred up some memories for him. But um, And then they, they had, I thought, a very effective silent protest because it really brought home to anyone who maybe takes the singing section for granted what it's like when they don't sing. And I wonder if, rather than it being pre-planned, it was almost in reaction to that and I took from it and other people will be listening to this and they may not and that's fine I took from it an undertone of us against the world and that I don't like it left a wee bit of a sour taste for me Cammy,
2: I think um, the first thing I would say is uh, well
1: done to Union Bears
2: I think when you talk about doing protests etc because I remember doing it against Walter Smith and all that kind of thing like, I remember when, when he was really on a, on a knife edge in terms of where the support were with them and all that. There is a point where you become so frustrated that action has to be taken. Um, I've always believed that the Rangers support, whether it's the Union Bears or the Blue Order or anyone else like that, whenever we've, we've faced those kind of problematic times, have done so in the right way. We're not a quick Declan, let's get to the car park type of fan base. We're not extreme like our friends across the city. But I completely agreed and absolutely echo the sentiments of those banners. Um, what I would do, however, is take a bit of a step back because, as I'm sure that we've all seen, there was obviously banners up at Auchinhoe, um immediately following last Sunday's result. That's the wrong way to do it because pretty much every major outlet has picked up the banners at Ibrox from yesterday and ran with them. And it's not a It's not exclusive to say that mainstream media enjoy a good negative Rangers story Because like you say a lot of them are are quite comfortable for that to fit into their existing narrative Um, But the point still stands And I think we're sitting here saying Yeah the players can hug each other and fucking have games of soggy biscuit as much as they want It doesn't rectify what happened last week It doesn't rectify the fact that they're going to win the league next week if they beat us So performances at home haven't been good enough the season hasn't been good enough the board are culpable in many ways and you know what the Union Bears are perfectly right to say that because we're saying it on this Mm. so all power to them I think we've done it in the right way I think that the point should have got across to the board time will tell on that Um, but the players have to know that we're not happy with things so they'll have seen that Um, how much it impacts them I don't know Um, I think there was a bit of a kind of gimme from yesterday's performance Because it was Hearts And as you say it came out at the right time um, But it still has to instigate change And we still need to be able to to Get some positive stories coming out of the club uh, From the boardroom From the players And more specifically from the managerial setup. up um, And that has to continue And as I say I think the Union Bears Did a great job of that
1: so yeah, I and and being honest, I didn't have any problem with uh the thing at Auckinhoe, in all honesty. I I can understand how upset they were and I think that was a perfectly peaceful, perfectly adequate. So it didn't didn't cause any long term harm and it, it got across the point. So I, I didn't have any problem with it. I think that part of it was in response to Alistair Johnson's, you know, keep calm and carry on interview last week, which I think struck the wrong tone completely. And irritate a lot of fans. Now, Arthur Johnson is the guy who's out trying to get external investment and as as one of the podders said that he can't really go out and go, Ah, you're right, but it's been an absolute fucking disaster here. Um when he's on one hand trying to bring in money to the club. So I get that, but it was maybe a week not to say something along those uh, along any lines. You know, sometimes radio silence works works better. Uh Martin, your thoughts?
0: Um, Fans are entitled to express themselves in any way they they see fit. Um, Silent protests have a sometimes bigger impact than others, especially if you are dependent on that corner of the ground and generating any kind of atmosphere in the first place. Um, I think the general mood probably is encapsulated by those words. Um, Always intrigued by the the, the final one. I've yet to meet a football fan anywhere in the world who doesn't think they deserve better from their club in some way, somehow. We all feel entitled. We all should be winning. And when we're not winning, we should be winning in Europe. And we're not doing both. Then we should be spoken to in a particular way. And, and, and there's always something. Um, uh, and that's, that's a different debate, I think
1: no I still yeah I'm sorry though I still think the rangers fans do deserve better than they're getting at the moment and that's there's a difference between saying we should be winning everything and we should be able to compete and show a bit of pride and show a bit of determination and that that was utterly what was lacking uh, in that but uh, despite what everyone thinks, by the way, I didn't invent that phrase, uh, even though I got kind of lumbered with it. So uh, I thought very effective protest from Union Building. and I've yet to meet a Ranger supporter who disagreed with any of the words. And I think it was important to let the board know that, no, this is actually a, uh, this is a line in the sand moment. This is a line in the sand week. You're not going to be able to get out of this without action. and um, This is not one you can ride out. And I thought it was important to do that. So back to the match. Um, can't do anything easy, of course. Looked as though we were going to go on and batter Hearts by maybe even three or four, but um, missed a couple of chances and then gave away Daft goal. Tav gives away a Daft free kick. Never a booking, incidentally. But uh, Craig Thompson must have been, you know, they must have been a hole in his pocket at that stage. Good delivery. I have no idea what Rangers were doing defensively. Cami, I've watched the goal back maybe eight or nine times now and. I think that we're supposed to be man-marking and everybody lost their man. Uh, I really think it was that bad because if Berra doesn't get the header, there's two behind him who are going to and had it dropped a little bit, there were two Hearts players outside of it. Uh, Pretty shambolic goal to give away.
2: Yeah, it was. It was bad, but then I think think we could... You know, just simply replay some old pods about why we've got some concerns about set-up halves. Um, I, I don't... Well, the first thing is, and again, picking up another the mistake, Stephen Naismith is offside, um, so the goal shouldn't have stood. But we won, therefore we don't talk about it. Yeah. The second point to that is there's no one there to act like a leader to be able to um, deal with that. Um Somewhat ironically, I do actually think if Alves had been playing... He probably would have dealt with that because in the air he's he's very, very good. Um, But no, it was a straightforward goal to to lose and um, I just think that it just encapsulates how weak we are at the back when we really want to be, we'll press the self-destruct button really quickly.
1: Martin, you're almost namesake. I know it sounds like I'm picking on him, but fine, I'm going to pick on him. I don't get it. I don't understand it at all. I don't think Ross McCrory is fit. Incidentally, I think he's been chucked back in because there's, there's nobody else. But I think that he's a youngster. He's already shown he's a good player. I'm not getting it with Martin at all. And if Alves has any chance at all of making the game next week, I, look, I'm not going to be hypocritical about it. I haven't been Bruno Alves's biggest fan, but Jesus Christ, he would be well ahead of Martin and my pecking order anyway. Um, I
0: think Fabio Cardoso would be ahead of Russell Martin.
1: Oh, no joke. Joking aside, yeah, it would be. It he would be. Yeah, joking aside, for me, it would be.
0: He just won't do. Um, I think we are all quite positive about his his arrival. Yeah. Um, and I, I we we talked last uh, the, the the Dundee game. I've got a mutual friend that's a Norwich. Fan and he was asking how Russell Martin was doing. He was asking my friend how Russell Martin was doing. So no, he's he's an abomination. I said that doesn't surprise me. He's he's a he's a right back who lost his pace. He's not a centre half. I think this was a Scottish national team concoction. Um, you might be able to shed more light than I will do. Is is he one of Marty's rather than one of Mark
1: Allen's? Yeah, he was he was he was the one of Marty's that uh, don't get me See, wrong. They go, they I, go I, back, don't they? Yeah, Alan had to had to bless it. Don't get me wrong, but yes, he was the one that Marty was. We can get him. He's available. I would like him. Um, so I'm pretty sure at this stage, Mark Allen would would tell you himself that he would didn't bring him in. But yeah, he was seems a Marty signing. I think Alex on the,
0: the the group chat had upon request. Um, I'd come up with these percentage of one headers, something like forty three percent. Yeah, through his career, and no, I think forty three percent here was it not? Uh, yeah, it's
1: forty three percent here, twenty six percent his career. Sorry, I've
0: that yeah. up there. Yeah, and um, Cardoso's sixty four or something like that, and he's meant to be a a bomb scare. I, he's just it made sense. We all we're all quite positive about it. Um, it hasn't worked out. He he won't do. He can he cannot possibly be here next year. No,
1: he can't. Uh, if Cardoso look, Cardoso is a bit of a bomb scare. Russell Martin is a flattened city, you know, and that is the difference for me. And I'm not saying Fabio Cardoso is a great player, he really hasn't shown anything to suggest that. And he makes mistakes, but he doesn't constant. it's not a case of him occasionally doing something right. If you watch that goal back, Martin's not even in shot. And no. he, he looks like a full-back trying to deal with aerial an aerial situation there. And oh after, like I say, I know I, people are going to get go, all oh, your picking on him, David. But yes, I am um, because. because he keeps
0: making basic errors every week, and yeah. if we're supposed to be talking about what happens on a weekly basis, then he, he's going to he's going to feature.
2: Yeah, <laughs> It's not just but it's not just his, his aerial. Or lack of prowess. It's also uh, he gives away penalties. Oh, Christ. He's he's difficult with his hands. He's difficult with his decision making. He has brain farts when the ball comes towards him. In the box. anywhere within the eighteen yard yeah. box. Um, he's just. Do you know what I feel? Do you know what? See at the end of the day, if you took McCrory's age and put it to Russell Martin, you would blame it on his age. But the guy's supposed to be a veteran. He's supposed to be able to read these situations to, yes. calmly and deal with it. And what what concerns me more than anything else is you've now got people coming out saying we shouldn't have sold Wilson. You know, we should have done more to keep Bates. Cardoso can come back in. Um, they're all saying this because Martin's been awful. There's no point. Listen, let's not mask it, all right? Let's just call it what it is. I've got no ill will against the guy. It's not like I've got anything against him no, personally, and, I- you know we all wanted him to work out, it just hasn't it's just, that's yeah. what happens, and your problem you've got as well is that he plays in a key position within which we've got major, major deficiencies that we're having to rely on a child to be able to try and fucking help us out with it that so much so, we're now saying we don't want to keep him, he might, listen do you know what, he could go back down south and he could go somewhere else and he could be a revelation, and do you know what if he goes farewell and the Rangers fans won't hold anything against him but he cannot feature as part of our team any longer. It's a part of of the team that needs real, real focus, and until it does, Russell Martin is not an option. And if we're talking about bringing Cardozo, in, I agree with David. I would probably I would play Alves next week.
0: No, so would I. And um, but it looks like that's he's, that's what I mean. That I think that's Marty's pal and that that's that's Marty's choice. And he he seems. Has he ever dropped
1: him? No, he's played every time he's been fit.
0: Yeah. Um... Uh, and it's not just structural issues, and we were arguing about combinations. Would that work better? It's it's basic mistakes every week with this guy, mm. um, and yet he won't be touched. And that's that's a multi thing, as we know um, throughout the team. It's not just Russell Martin, um, but he'll he'll start on Sunday. I would I would imagine. Um, and I agree with you, David, I think McCrory clearly has been rushed back, uh, he's clearly not ready, and he's also clearly not a center half. No, I think...
1: We that's need, we need that's big, be
0: big money, relatively speaking, to our budget on that, because that's not that's not adequately been addressed for, well, since 2012, yeah. that, problem, that, part your, the, your, that part
2: of the pitch. Your problem with what's happening right now with Russell Martin is... McCrory has been made to look liable for things which as far as I'm concerned are not his fault per se but because he feels like he has to do a job and a half he's making mistakes that are going against him but he's doing it because he doesn't have anyone reliable that he can play alongside Um, I know that there's been a lot of discussion recently about whether or not we could put him back into some sort of defensive midfielder position The problem you've got with this is that he needs to be able to then say, well, he earns the right to move into that position or he earns the right to be able to play centre-half. And right now, we're not supporting him sufficiently, in my opinion, by giving him a decent partner alongside him that gives him the true value of where he can play and how well he can play in those areas. Uh, Because I think he's having to to piggyback Russell Martin alongside him, which just isn't good enough. And um, I don't know... I do as I said, I'm, I'm firmly with the belief that the players are not playing for Marty anyway. He still makes a decision in terms of who starts and who doesn't. But he did it with Miller, he did it with Windass, he sticks by them until it gets too late in the day to be able to try and change them. He'll play I'm convinced he'll play Martin until the end of the season now, barring injuries. No,
1: still my. Yeah.
0: Yeah, in the interest of balance, David I think you mentioned it but just mention again. That was some ball. That that's a ball that is right in that corridor, and it's it's hard. It's hard to defend. Yeah, it
1: was. It, it wasn't so much that a goal was scored from it because it can happen. It was the fact that Hearts had a line of players unchallenged ready. The only guy I really saw in there was Jamie Murphy, and mm-hmm. that pissed me off. And I'd said on the post-match pod uh, for, for the Patreon listeners that, look, I absolutely don't get involved in the zonal versus man marking debate I really don't because I accept that football coaches know more about it than I do and football professionals know more about it than I do so if you want to go zonal that's okay with me if you want to go man for man that's okay with me if you want to do a mix of the two that's okay with me just do it fucking better than that whatever it was was an abject failure and people had said that defensively we did okay yesterday, it's because they didn't have a lot to do. If you look at what they had to do, yeah, they they have failed on maybe having three things to do, the other one being Lafferty's shot. So I'm not sure about it. That that was the one I was
2: going to pick up, was to allow Lafferty that level of time and space to be able to get that shot away is unacceptable. But if you watch that whole scenario play again, no one goes near him. No one knows to go near him. And it's not as if someone's rushing out to be able to get him and shut down the shot of He's actually got more time laughing than I think he realizes. And it was a little less, isn't it? It is. But then the problem you've got though is you're in that space now where we're turning around and saying people are saying, Yeah, yeah, we, we were all right defensively. If that if that goes in from Lafferty, people will be saying that we were absolutely fucking honking. And that's where it, it's you can't you can't just pretend that because you've got a victory that there isn't severe lapses within that team. And um, and for me, there's no real natural leaders within that back four at the moment. Um, I think we invested a lot of hope within Martin to be able to come in and solidify that. It has fallen flat right in its arse. Um, and I, I, I honestly believe that bringing in a dominating captain-esque leader of a centre-half is an absolute requirement
0: for our team for next season. Yeah, You're absolutely right, Cammy. though. With the, if that goes in, people's impressions of the game are completely different. That, that's, the, that's the danger of looking at results only instead of the pattern of play within a game. I mean, we watched that Dundee game a couple of weeks ago for the winners, but, you know, Davie, you and I sat together. <clears throat> Ross McCroney had a hard time.
1: We said that. Everybody else was, I mean, was saying he was brilliant, but I uh, will say that me and Martin
0: did stick up for He, he our was buddies. bullied a lot. It just happened that, that Dundee had absolutely nothing at the very final moment to, to, to really punish us. But we both said if that happens next week, we're, we're in big, big trouble. Um, and it's uh, it's is the danger of just looking at the the bottom line all the time. Um, but in terms of the in terms of that centre half I mean the season just can't finish quick enough
1: And <laughs> <laughs> um, his defence because we have been quite negative on him he's really handsome I mean you would wouldn't you ah, he's a good boy aye you would De- can, I mean he's he? no Kyle Lafferty. no I, mean, I, 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 was, is, I was actually you know? thinking when Kyle hit that chance you'd be sort of the fine line between love and hate going on there I mean it would be a bit of sadomasochism for you on the one hand you would have been very angry at the Rangers defence. On the other hand, you'd be having a wank And it just
2: it just reinforces the fact. That, I mean, Scott was wrong about, about Murphy. You were wrong about Stephen A. Smith. I was right about Kyle Lafferty.
1: I mean, let's just let's just call it for what it is. I was you know I mean? right about Stephen A. Smith in January, though, because that guy looks and maybe he'll turn it round. I don't know, but he looks completely shot as a footballer. Just too many injuries, and I was it was funny to see.
0: When a professional footballer is effectively paying you to play, yeah. and
1: to play, <laughs> and, you look, aye, and it looks as though hearts are being done. Yeah, yeah, the, it's not so good. I want to take a wee aside by a name that was mentioned, uh, or a team that was mentioned. Indeed, Neil McCann's interview. For those who haven't seen it, uh, go out of your way. Neil McCann, when asked about Tommy Wright that look, that's the type of attitude that we love about Neil McCann. Um, it was Martin. It was wonderful.
0: Uh, it's worth watching um any diatribe that you hear um where someone calls the other person that man instead of their name uh you know you're in special territory um it's usually the kind of um preserve of, of recent divorcees <laughs> but that <laughs> it was um he, he was on a roll yeah
1: uh, and the best thing about it, Cammy, is if you go back and watch it, people just put a Neil McCann press conference and Google and up it will pop. Um, <laughs> Dundee appeared to be having the press conferences in the Rovers' return, circa nineteen seventy-eight. Well, I was saying that it looked like he's if uh, it looked like he's
2: if he was sitting in front of some sort of like portrait from the eighteenth century or something. like that. I was uh, either that's either. Dundee have a fabulously decorated (laughs) press conference area that is akin to like a mansion or it just seems to be a really weird angle because you know
1: or they're having their press conferences no, in a the Press conferences have mahogany, for my opinion. Yeah, exactly. I, I thought it was faux mahogany. I thought they were having it in a spoons, um and to <laughs> them. If if so, but uh, no, a wonderful interview. I, like every Rangers fan, I just wish that he'd done a bit better at Dundee, so we could go and take him. Because uh, Rangers fans, you know, never let it be said that Rangers fans have any sort of bigotry towards any particular religion. We just like. You know, If they have to be, um, shall we say, from the other side of the, the divide, we just like our Catholics to be proddy Catholics like Neil McCann.
2: Yeah, you you want them to kind of regret their childhood And, and what they were indoctrinated into By the time that they come to us They wish they could do it all over again And do it the right way
1: Yeah, I mean, that that, that that's it But uh, we would we, if Neil McCann had done slightly better We would have him in a hat Fuck's sake, we'd probably take, it. We'd take him right now uh, To the end of the season Let's not kid ourselves On a positive note, right? Because we've spent a few minutes lambasting um, parts of the team I thought Holt and Dorans did well Um Look, Jason Holt is never going to be a great player, Martin. He's never going to, you know, have tons of ability. He is, in the best senses of the word, a limited player. Uh when I say best I just mean in, in, in an honest sense. He is. But he you know, he rattled about, he got in, he was winning tackles. More importantly, he was picking up a lot of loose ball. Um played yourself in for next next Sunday?
0: Possibly. Um, he's exactly the kind of player you want. And right in that middle third, I guess, he's very busy. Um, you just always wish his final ball was better. Um, and he could hit a ball harder than um, my nephew can. Um, and he's 18 months. Um, but he's, he's, he's very, very industrious. Um, and he can just be annoying. But... Uh, Again, it's very hard to judge on that that Hearts midfield there because I just don't think it has anything. It just doesn't have any quality whatsoever.
1: Cammy, uh Graham Dorans, interestingly for me, uh, that when Halliday went on and they pushed a midfielder up, it wasn't Graham Dorans when we pushed a midfielder up. It was actually Jason Holt, and unfortunately, we hoped limitations in terms of a final ball came came to came to up up there, but. I wonder now if it's a case of us having in our head the idea that Graeme Dorans is an attacking midfielder which he was and him now saying no I don't have the legs to do that anymore so my job will have to be sitting in front of the back four <clears throat> Um
2: before we go on to Doran's, I think it's probably just worthwhile editing out Martin's comments regarding his 18-month-old nephew. Because there's every likelihood, Craig Levine will probably play him next week, <laughs> such as his <laughs> desire to play youth. Um, I don't think Doran's has a leg, to be, a leg to be able to try and play further forward uh, when the game is not out of sight. Um, Holt has... I, I always find myself whenever I think about Jason Holt coming back to what Andy McGowan said about him where he is a water carrier um, he's not the finished article he's not ever going to be able to try and do all of that Dorrance has got more proficiency in terms of being able to see a pass to think probably more cleverly about how to conduct performances um, and, and passages of play and um, there's a difficulty with that, where I would like to be able to see Dorrance push forward. I just don't think he's capable of doing it any longer. Because again, because his body can't can't do what he needs it to do.
0: What does that um, say, that guys? Sorry, we weren't sold that in the summer. Do you mean that? What, what does that say about that that transfer, this move? Um, because he's now been asked to do a role that he hasn't done before. We have no idea whether he's got the skill set for it, the patience for it, uh, the vision for it. He was a a more box-to-box, more about energy, more about turning up um, in the last third and and getting quite a a, a fair few goals. That's what we were sold in the
2: summer. I think if you've got a team that's set up to be able to facilitate that, then he probably could do it against teams outside the top four. Um, He can't do it against Celtic, for sure. Um, So I feel that we've probably brought him in with a different expectation of controlling the midfield um, allowing others to do the running so whether that's Windass whether that's been able to orchestrate the play out to the wings to allow the wingers to go forward um, and probably to read the game slightly better because you always get to remember the midfielders he, he potentially could have been playing with whether it's Jack or Dockery Rossiter Cole. um I don't think Halliday was in that, that uh, frame at that point, um, aren't really capable of doing any of that. So I think he's able to to see as to where the play is coming from. I think he can break up the play quite well, um, but he's not going to sit. I mean, he, he can't really sit as a as a sweeper behind the strikers, if you want to call it that, because we're not playing a. What would you call it there? A, like a four-one-two or a three-one-two that allows him the opportunity to be able to do that? Because he can't sit behind the striker either. So. I feel that he, he, he would work best across the flat line, whether that's three or four, um, and allow others to be able to try and do that running for him.
0: Yeah. I, I, just get, I guess my question was, did we know that in the summer, that this player who's kind of characterised in the past through his energy and his bustle, um, that he no longer had that for us? And we knew that and we were happy with that and we envisaged a different role for him. And that was a lot deeper because I'm not entirely sure he's, great at that either I just don't know where we are with Graham Downs,
1: I, I with think fish. that um, this is a, a long-standing feature of British football in particular that we we don't necessarily and I, when I say we I mean every club there's a tendency to sign a player based on what he was rather than what he is if that makes sense um, and everyone does it You know, it's not unique to us that uh, Alex Ferguson did it with Laurent Blanc uh, Celtic recently with Carlton Cole where you go, oh, he's good because he was good and you don't necessarily look at what you're getting now. Um, I would say Nuno Capucho is probably our most egregious example of that, maybe Egil Ostenstad where you say, oh yeah, he's a good player, didn't you know, Blackburn spent £7.5 for him. That guy doesn't exist anymore and Hearts have done it with Stephen Naismith because of course Hearts are going to sign Stephen Naismith. It's a total no-brainer not to. But Bruno, Alves. Bruno Alves. Yes. Um, I, I think British clubs do it quite a lot and rather than just saying you know being honest and saying he's not what he was but he's still good also I don't think Pedro had ever really settled on what he wanted to do he kind of was going to do 4-2-3-1 then he was kind of going 4-4-2 I don't think he'd ever really settled on exactly what his game plan was in terms of tactics who knows He maybe the game plan was to be tactically fluid and I, I think Graham Dorins has his qualities, absolutely. I think he can be used. He just isn't an attacking midfielder anymore or a box-to-box midfielder, which, to be fair, it would look like Rangers have recognised and that's why the likes of uh, yeah. uh, 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 Greg Dockert. The, the
2: difficulty in. you've got, right, and probably the frustration that I would see with Dorans is, um, now I'm not singling him out in this, but I think it's fair value that he shot himself against Celtic and looked lost at sea, and the, the the problem I've got with that is that he has enough experience that he's played against far better teams more regularly. That when we want to bring him in, we're looking to bring in that experience so that he's not phased by old firm games. And I think that's happened. I think he's I think he's looked completely lost at times when he's done that. Now he's not the only one. I'm not saying that, but I would always feel that when you're bringing those British players in. And to a certain extent, I mean, listen, we're all big boys, right? We all know where we're at in terms of the value market and everyone else as well, Scotland, England, etc. You're bringing players in to be able to say to them, look, you can't last at the level that you're playing at at the moment just now and the pace of football that you're playing at. So if you come to us, you'll find it more accommodating to where you're now at, where your body's now at. You can use your experience to be able to try and probably be a much smarter, more effective footballer. And you can control more of the games than you will do where you're at currently. So come to us and then that's part of the benefit.
1: However, Dorans
2: should be able to get into old firm games and look perfectly natural. And the idea with this is actually Alves has looked very, very comfortable in old firm games. And if you were to take five or six years off Bruno Alves, I I would start saying that he's probably one of the most um, effective players in the park. His body just lets him down constantly. Yeah, like but he's funding. not in
1: Scotland. Five or six that's the thing, he's not going to because you're you're absolutely right. What I would say, Carrie, is that I think you've hit upon something interesting here. We sign these players and we say, Well, they've played and look, I'm as guilty of, of buying into this, this thought process as anyone else. That we say, Well, look, you know, he's played for West Brom and Norwich and he's played at places like Old Trafford and Anfield and therefore he'll come in anyway. It's different though, because when you're playing for a West Brom against Liverpool or Manchester United, there's not that expectation level. And with the best one in the world, they're not going to be as intense against you as they would be against each other. Um, you know Manchester United do not approach West Brom they maybe should have a couple of weeks ago they they don't approach West Brom with the same ferociousness that they would approach Manchester City or Liverpool and it's the same up here so although you've played in against big teams you haven't necessarily played in big games does that make sense Martin? Yeah absolutely
0: um, and I think we're all guilty of it I think Dorans was one of those signings Alves another Alves made perfect sense we've We've just been unlucky. Just he's he's a year too too much for him in terms of the legs. Um, but you're, you're looking at guys who have been there and done it. Who are not going to be overawed by Scott Brown. All the occasion, all these big games. Teams absolutely hating you and being absolutely right up for it. Um, and it turns out that all that experience doesn't count for fuck all, really.
2: But then, and so listen, you're right. But then let's take it down to brass tacks, and it's exactly what Martin said. What I'm saying to you here is it's not talking about saying, OK, so if it's West Brom versus Man United, what it's talking about is if it's Rangers versus Celtic and you're either having to pick up Scott Brown or Paul Pogba but that's where players should be able to feel far more comfortable doing that Absolutely. with Scott Brown, for example and that is when it comes into that, that man v man rather than the occasion the club, the teams, etc. That's that's the experience that you're buying is because you're turning around and saying, so I, I can guarantee you, listen, if I went through these stats, I could give you fucking 10 players better than Scott Brown that Graham Dornan's ever played against but then that also leads me to believe that when we are looking at bringing them in we're then saying to them, you will find this you will find your game easier than what you've you've been doing previously because the competition is not as high, but it's still pretty high, but you've played against better you may have got results against better, so therefore this is how you're able to control it, and you're only talking about four games a season, the rest of them should be bread and butter for you um, and that I, I would probably question this where I don't think Doran's injury aside has has probably been as good as what we would have hoped him to have been like next
1: like um, season, like season. Yeah, we should, yeah we should we should also rec- uh, recognise that he was doing quite well before his injury and then he has had a season absolutely wrecked by it so nah I, I'm, I'm prepared to give Graeme the benefit of the doubt I would say lads I think that there's I think he could still be effective for us. Um, Although, uh, it leads us on beautifully to our next point, which is that, uh, according to Sky Sports, Rangers are very close to signing a pre-contract agreement with Scott Arfield, the Burnley midfielder. Um, Your thoughts, Martin?
0: Um, I'll be cautious about getting too excited about signing players who have a good reputation from Burnley. Um, (laughs) um, Yeah... A decent player, a, 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 an upgrade, we would say, but again, we've said that before. We said it with Dorans and, and, and Jack uh, last summer, said it with Barton the summer before. Um, who the fuck knows? It would indicate, if that is true, and, and MacArthur was true, although I find that a wee bit more difficult to believe, because he has had a genuinely good six months, I think, with Palace, um, that we are we really are shipping out in the midfield. Because we've got a, a lot of bodies in there.
2: Yeah. Cammy's a fan of Arfield, I think.
1: Cammie?
2: Nope. No, I'm not. I would rather re sign Joey Barton. Arfield's um, one of these players. Martin's totally right. He'll either be hit and miss. And he has the capability of coming up here um, and controlling games from start to finish. It should be far, far easier than what he's had to do down at Burnley, where he's had to graft and fight and, you know, Produce results against much better teams than we are, and and he's done that. So, um, I hope that this isn't for one of a better term retirement planning. From what I'm led to he's believe, only 29. he's only twenty nine. He's homesick. He wants to come back up here because he's he's actually from Livingston originally. Um, How the you know, fuck could you be homesick for Livingston? I've been well, to Livingston. I was going to made me homesick, that, that and, and I'll in call Listen, maybe they don't have designer outlets in Burnley I've been to Burnley, trust me
1: yeah,
2: Livingston yeah. does is not great But you know if you're going to compare fucking Iraq and Afghanistan I'm sure people have probably got a personal preference um, we'll, we'll see uh, Listen, I, I don't get why we're signing more fucking midfielders I really don't It's great to then say, well, who, who who's going to replace And yeah, we can all play that game um, well,
1: The reason we're signing midfielders we're is the midfielders we've got aren't very good
2: well, I understand that, but our centre-halves aren't very good either. And yet we don't does really it doesn't mean you don't think be...
1: centre-half.
2: Well, this is where we need to then think about, if we're bringing these players in, we need to think about a wage structure, who's going to out the door? So there has to be some pragmatism in terms of bringing in all these players, but not necessarily for positions where we've got an injury or two injuries away from a crisis. So... We'll see. Listen, it's early days yet. The transfer window, of course, it is. We'll need to see what happens. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm very reserved on our field. Um, his personal allegiances aside, we will just have to see as to to what his impression is when he comes up here and and how capable he's going to be fit into that system. Um, and do you know what? It's 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 down to how he wants to be able to try and and, and apply that effort. And I, I would say the jury will very much be out him as far as I'm concerned.
1: Alfredo Morelos a uh, lot written about obviously in the last week uh, was left out of the side on Sunday uh, a decision I agreed with incidentally and glad to see Jason Cummings getting a goal uh, I'm huge Jason Cummings fan I admit it uh, I've even uh, I'm, I'm considering making an exception of the blonde man rule not not quite yet I was too badly hurt by the Naismith thing to to go that far yet but you know he, he's got me thinking at least and that, trust me that's that's an achievement but a lot of talk from Rangers fans, and again, people will be listening to this and going, oh, you're reading a lot into this, lads, it's not being fair. Look, if Rangers fans are talking about it, we are talking about it, and trust me, on my social media feeds, I'm sure on yours, on various websites, on uh, our, we do a phone-in uh, on Patreon, and several callers brought this up. He did not look a happy bunny at all yesterday, um to the point that it annoyed a lot of Rangers fans. Your thoughts on it, lads um I think I said the last
0: time I was on here that he's he's a troubled young man i mean he, he he's like a teenager I mean he literally almost is still yeah well a that's teenager. the thing, yeah. um and he just looks sullen and huffy um he's in a difficult situation, difficult. You know, an in inverted commas. He's, he's in a foreign country, blah blah blah. Uh, but he's you know living the dream in terms of being a professional footballer. He's earning quite a fair amount. Um, he still looks like someone who had a lottery ticket waved at them in January, and then got it taken away, um, and he's never really looked entirely happy since um, since the window shut. Um, I don't think I'm reading too much into it because I think we've, we've looked at this before him and Cummings I don't think get on they didn't exactly exchange pleasantries when they swapped over um, and also he, he, he just misses too many chances that seem to, to play on him as well um, there's a lot going on in that that head I think and I don't think I would be too unhappy if he he had the bib on um, at the start of most matches from the, the end of the season
2: I think for me, um, it's tough to be able to say that he is, because he's young, it gives a degree of an excuse for his behaviour because Candace is 10 years older than him and his behaviour was appalling when he went off the yeah. park last Sunday.
1: And also, let, let's remember as well when we're kind of getting on to him here, even in a very minor way, that he's not causing us any problems off the pitch. He's, well, you know, noticeably, he's not getting in the papers. He's not being caught with a six-pack after training. You know, he's he's it's on-field stuff. People are upset by his attitude, but it's not like the guy is an absolute rocket who's causing us no end of bother.
2: His problem. The other thing you've got to understand as well is that the Rangers team and setup that he first came into is far different now. And we're talking about the space of less than a year. So there's probably a point to this where he then has to think, and listen, I mean, <laughs> professional footballers, the vast majority of them are narcissists anyway. But he also has to think about, okay, so what is it's it happening at the club? What is it that's happening for me? And like, what is it that's happening next? Because I don't know if anyone sat down with him when the Chinese deal was on the table and said, look, we're not going to sell you because of X. But likely he's not the person who did that probably would have been Graham Murray, in which case, you know, he's maybe then thinking to himself, well, I've just been told this by a guy who probably won't be here in three months. Um, So he's probably all over the shop mentally in terms of what is his next steps, what does he do, all that kind of stuff. Martin's right. He needs to think about, um, yes, he was probably offered some good money, but I also think that the competitive element of his personality, his nature wouldn't have enjoyed football in China so it would have been a meal ticket for quite a while but he's far too young for that he's got other things he's capable of achieving um he is on the doorstep of a huge huge footballing market if he was to, to potentially secure a move down south we don't know if that's a possibility or not but he's not playing a million miles away from potentially more interested suitors if the Chinese don't come back in the transfer window um I think the problem you've got with Morelos is he, I, I'm, I'm not convinced that he finishes the chance that Cummings had um, but then I wouldn't have thought Kenny Miller could have finished it either. Um, I'm not willing any longer to use his age as an excuse for how he acts on the field because 21 is not necessarily a youngster in footballing terms. It is in real life, but in footballing terms you know, he's got more than enough experience under his belt to think about how he acts, how he performs, how visible he is etc. But then he's got teammates as I say who are far older than him and they're spitting their dummy out majorly as well yeah. The problem you've got with is in someone needs to sit down with him and motivate him and inspire him and do you know what even if that's the case we have to have that conversation to say look mate maybe you're better off moving that's still developing him, that's maybe still what he needs, no one's having that with him no one's sitting down with him and saying, look, this is part of the plans for the next two or three years. So I think what we need to look at is a new manager comes in, either decides that it's time for morelos to shit or get off the pot. He needs a break. He absolutely does yeah. need a break. Totally. And from that perspective, what he needs to do is he needs to sit down with them and say, look, go away and have a summer. Enjoy yourself. Get fat. Do what you need to do. Come back. We'll hit pre-season. This is where you are in my plans. There you go. And if you're not part of the plans, then we'll, we'll ship him off. I don't see the fact that Miller... Miller will never play for Rangers again, so he's out the door. Cummings is still a bit of a question mark. He has not got a lot of competition for his space. So he needs to think about... He could sit at Rangers for two, three, four years and really, really ingrain himself to the Rangers family permanently and then potentially get a move down south and then that's where his career would probably have a trajectory. But someone has to sit down with them and lay those lay that roadmap out for him. He probably feels lost. Yeah. Sure and he that, does, that yeah. is that is a problem for me because then I think we need to probably look after him a little bit better as a person. Um we can't do that at the moment because, you know, I could sit down with him and say you're definitely part of it. David takes over from me at I- iBrox, he comes in and says, now nah, fuck off. So we need to settle that first and then establish what we're doing with him. Um What I would say, though, more than anything else, is Morelos, for me, has earned our support. I just feel Rangers fans can see his body language and maybe read too much into it. I think we need to be a little bit more sympathetic to some of the stuff that's happened. He's not missing the chances that he's missing on purpose. Of course he's not. He's a striker. Of course he wants to fucking score goals. I I also think that those sit with him for far too long. And we are missing a step by not proactively coaching him to say forget about the chances that you missed use that to focus on the one that you'll score next and he's not had that and we've been culpable for that as a club Yeah I mean you
0: you touched on something there Cammy very important we've no way of knowing this uh, and it would be fascinating to know exactly what what we've done with him Um, because he does have this temperament and he might be 21 and that might not be a young thing anymore but he might well be emotionally and psychologically immature that's possible. Um, but that takes management, that takes a manager, not even just the manager, it takes someone within the management structure to communicate and work around that and still be able to motivate um, and kind of get on, on board. <clears throat> I'm not sure that's happened. We have no idea about the attempts and ultimately it's an individual responsibility. He's an adult Um we might be blown up a wee bit too much David I don't think we would be caring I, look, if it was a, a kind of moody striker who was still rattling the yeah, bin, but the rate has stopped
1: yeah I, I went backwards and forwards on this because I, I admit it yesterday it did piss me off, um, it did irritate me um, watching him so and then I went away and you know the, 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 the kind of sensible thoughts start to come in because football is an emotional thing and we're all fucked off at the moment and then I thought well, he is 21 you know he clearly lets things get to him at the moment but I would be hypocritical I know what I was like when I was 21 and I wasn't under anywhere near the pressure he was so yeah I it, think it's a tough one it? and he is leaving in the summer right so I mean that's all there is to it uh, unless there's no bids that's the only thing that will they'll keep him there um, because he wants to go the club want to cash in on him I think it will yeah I think it will happen in the summer um, you spoke about what people are doing for or what the management are doing for players, I was slightly taken aback by an interview Graham Murray gave to the Herald this week, which has to be one of the most self-pitying articles I've ever read with a football manager. And look, it just went up my ass sideways, whether or not that's my fault for not being sympathetic enough, whether it's coloured by my opinions on Graeme Murray, I don't know. But I was actually taken aback by the level of solipsism in it, Martin. It was genuinely one of the most selfish interviews I think I've read with a manager not called Hosey.
0: But he's not a football manager. I can hear Hoggy's blood pressure burst. Um, he might have tried to pretend to himself early well in the season that he was, and, no, I, I could do this job, you know. Um, and he's maybe fooled himself for a few weeks into believing that. He stepped up twice to get his out uh, a self-inflicted hole. Um, he has a skill set that is clearly good at a, a, a younger level, at a more de- uh, developmental level. He's not a boss. He lacks the skills and I think deep down he lacks the will um, and ambition to, to be there because you're absolutely right people who see themselves as leaders like that do not give interviews like that. No, He's is a he has been put in a situation and um, we've talked, I don't think it's in the flagship, maybe one of the Patreon shows, about his well-being and Rangers as an employer and a duty of care to take someone out that line who's clearly struggling. Um he's, he's in a, it sounds ridiculous to see a hellish position sitting in a job that all of us in our dreams would love to do. But we're not qualified to be managers either. And we would sink. Yeah. And it would be a, a nightmare for us as well.
2: Yeah, like, I, think, like, I think you're, you're, you're prob- right. So, first of all, the biggest problem with that for me is that you should not be fucking talking to the Herald when you consider some of the setup that's in at the Herald, anyway, which is correct. Just- a disgusting organisation now that it's it's fallen into, but that's my own personal thoughts um, the problem you've got with uh, Graham, the human shield Marty, um, is that he has been barraged so much and left out in no man's land by the board that now he's probably waiting a full 180 and the sacrificial lamb has now tried to grow a set of balls, there's a point just to kind of come back to what Martin said about his lack of ambition. I don't actually think he does have a lack of ambition. I think it's completely misguided. And the conversation. I, I think he's got a lack of ambition, ambition
1: he- but I think that so <laughs> ambition with ability. You know, I, I would like to be Rangers manager, but Martin had it in the head that I'm not qualified. I don't. I don't think he does have that. Otherwise,
0: he would be walking into that job the first time and the second time. A lot more assured. Um, a lot well, a lot more belief that he should be there. I think it grew, especially as results grew and people maybe started to speak in his ear that listen, this could be yours and dare I say it, on one of these pods someone said maybe in February we should give him the job now. Is now the time to 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 you know, make that, that final decision. There have been a lot of chat in his ear and I'm sure he believed it at a certain point, but I don't think he ever walked into the job on both occasions with that level of this is what I want and he certainly fucking doesn't have it now I think he wants to be back with the 20s as soon as possible
2: No but I think that's what I mean knowing the fact that his ambition is completely misguided I think he has now I think he's now seen although I don't think he realises how big that job is and the fact that he's not capable of doing it. Now none of us are so harsh that we turn around and say that he's never capable of doing it because you know what his development path and his journey for the next 10 years could completely give him the tools that he needs to take on a job of that stature I think I, I think as a person I don't think he has the characteristics to do it and that's my own personal belief but if I was if I was Graeme Murty's manager and let's say he worked in for me and he worked under me as under 20s coach if he then came into my office and said I want to be manager of the club, I want to do your job, or I want to do something else. I'd start asking him why, I'd start asking him what's driving him to be able to do that. He gets thrown into that job completely unfairly by the board twice. And this is why I'm using that kind of human shield element of it. But the problem that he's now realised is that he's been shown up by that. And his interview within the Herald, I feel as if what he started to show is there's a little bit of that um, self-protection he's tried to probably think about... That, for me, felt a lot like a soft note before he starts getting into job interviews around, yeah, I was not a success at Rangers, but that's because it was all these restrictions and I had, you know, one arm tied behind my back and blah, 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 blah. And I think that a smarter person would use that as an opportunity to think about how to create an opportunity elsewhere outside of the Rangers. I don't want him back in under-20s. I think that the problem that you've got now is that he's tainted in that because I believe he's fully lost the dressing room. I don't see as to how he goes back to managing under twenty. Yeah, people I, with it. yeah, I think he's I agree capable of doing that. I, I agree. And and I think that the thing and it sounds horrible. I feel like he's if I'm being really negative about him. But the thing is that what I want to do is I want to say to him, you need to understand why that has happened, so you don't let it happen again. And I don't think he has taken. I don't think he's got the maturity to take himself to one side and say, I need to understand where my failures were here. I need to understand. Why that broke down as badly as it did?
1: Yeah, I think that once he he understands that
2: better, once he understands that better, he will be a better manager for it. But unless he's willing to do that and do that that reflection, he is going to constantly find himself on that road, which will inevitably go sideways.
1: And uh, in my defence for saying back in February that you know I didn't say I would give him it, I said that I thought he was close to earning it. I, I didn't foresee this spectacular collapse. And that's why I've always said throughout the season, you know, we'll judge it at the end of the season. Cami's right. If he can't look in the mirror and see what he did wrong, then he's never going to be a manager. It's as simple as that. He's not going to be Rangers manager, but he's he's not going to be a manager anywhere because, like I say, that interview was frightening to me. Not only that he thinks that, but the fact that he thought it was okay to say it publicly. I mean, I suppose you can feel it. But you don't come out with it. Um, and yeah, I think you need to look yourself in the mirror because it, it is a lonely job, we all get that, but it's a dream job. And yeah, I just uh, I wish him no harm. He stepped up twice and I hope he, he goes on and achieves whatever he wants to achieve in his life. But uh, it's, it's not been good. Whatever's happened has... You, you've got to take a positive out of it you've got to turn it into a positive and that interview did not strike me as a guy who was doing that
2: the, f- the feeling I get from Amon sometimes listen sometimes the harshest lesson in life is how not to do things and you sometimes learn your biggest lessons by fucking up majorly and throughout our careers I can guarantee the three of us have done it at some point absolutely but at the same point however you need to be able to turn around and go right I understand where I was responsible for that and i feel a lot when i hear and and, and listen to graham Murray speak it feels like a lot of deflection oh it is and that's not right because you need to turn around and say look i you know i don't want him to fucking jump off a bridge but he is still at that point where it looks like he's in the verge of tears yeah and you, you need to be very you need to be very analytical about your own performance to be able to come back out and say like i did not do this well and you know Alec Ferguson was probably one of the best examples of how he did that. Because he then realised that how he was doing things and how he was managing teams had to evolve. Otherwise, he wasn't going to continue on that success. He didn't want to stay in one track and then be able to continue on with it to such an extent that it was just going to ruin his career. He had to take a step back and say, look, I'm not doing things properly here. And see if you want another example of that where someone hasn't done that. Arsene Wenger is a great example of where it's been my way or the highway... And if you're not happy with that, I won't
1: change. Yeah, Cammy, the fuck
2: you can do that in modern
1: football. Cammy, a, a point you brought up there—it's—I like have a very happy marriage, and a lot of that is to do with the fact that my first one was a fucking disaster, and it was my fault, <laughs> you know. And there's no point me saying, "I," but you know, she did this or that. It, you know, I know what I did wrong, and until I address that, it doesn't matter what the other person did. But it t- takes a lot of
0: self-belief to analyse, and analysis is the word, Cammy, um, to to front up um take set failures to, to really just turn the spotlight on yourself and still maintain that kind of belief that okay i will fix it um and maintain perspective and you know one bad week is not the end of the world i still want this job i'm still good enough for this job um i can still learn from this um here's what i could have done differently here's what we're out with my control. Um, but that takes a lot of bravery and belief to turn the spotlight on you. And I, that's what I mean. I don't think he's anywhere near mentally in a position to do that. He is deflecting. He is um, pouring his heart out to anyone who will publish it. Yeah, that's...
1: He's, that he's, he's in a hole.
0: And he's, he's, in a, uh, he's in a job that I, I would not wish on anyone because he's, he's under-equipped to take on one of the the most difficult, most pressured managerial jobs in Europe. Uh, an artificial time uh, to boot.
2: What he needs to severely realise at that stage is that it's not all over for him. He has the opportunity to recover from this situation, but he can't do that if he's going to continue giving interviews like he did, where it feels a lot to me like as if he, he plays a victim.
0: Yeah, I, and as I soon as he gets not of he's
2: thinking clearly. At this no, he's not. But then that's the difference between a snap interview at Hamden, where you say emotions are too raw, to an actual sit-down conversation with an interviewer where you can think and purposely construct your answers. Um, And that, I think, for me, is probably where the biggest letdown was, reading some of the comments that you came out with.
0: And the impact on the football, sorry, just a brief point on that, again, talking about analysis, is that how do you deconstruct Sunday unless you are brave and confident enough to look at everybody's faults, including your own? Because you don't... If you're doing that, your analysis of last week is is very um limited because you, you you won't expose yourself to this dressing room who you know have no time for you anymore. Um so how the fuck do you improve? How the how how do we move for the rest of the season? I mean, good result yesterday, but Hearts at Home by far the easiest of the, the spot fixtures by a Brilliant. thousand miles. Yeah um so how how does that move forward? how do you um galvanize everyone how do you you, you work in that going forward if you 're not prepared to put yourself under that spotlight
1: no, absolutely. A lot to unpack there, and I hope the listeners uh, have enjoyed tonight. Uh, I, I certainly have. I think it's one of the best episodes we've done in a long time. And uh, we do a lot of episodes, so trust me, there's a lot of competition. Okie doke. That is everything then. All that remains for me to do is to thank our executive producers in London, Mr Mike Lee and Mr Paul Miles. To thank, of course, my two wonderful guests this evening. Uh, first of all, Mr Cameron and James Bell. Thank you, David. It's a
2: pleasure. Um, Martin, not so much because I haven't forgotten a Lafferty comment. I will blame it on your delirious (laughs) fever. Um, But we will talk about that further, my friend, offline. No
1: problem. Kyle Lafferty is pish. Uh, And also, uh, the wonderful, (laughs) mellifluous Mr. Martin Ramsey. Thanks, guys. Pleasure's all mine, as always. Thank you very much for listening. Now, uh, of course, we'll be back on Thursday with our preview of the Orcs game, but if you want to get a bit more from Heartland, a lot more, in fact, we're doing... Usually four shows a day, sometimes three, but usually four over on the Patreon site and it's only one ninety nine per month and it's all sorts. There's uh, current affairs, there's history, there's tactics, there's phone-ins, you name it, we are doing it. There's me and Martin do a a show on the English Premiership along with Jack and they're uh, European football, you name it, it's on there. There's no need to listen to uh, radio stations that hate, hate us anymore. From now on, only 1.99 per month, and you can fill your ears with our outpourings. Uh, just pop along to Patreon. It's patreon.com forward slash heart and hand. But if you're happy with the two free shows a week, that's brilliant. Thank you for continuing to support us in that way. We will be back on Thursday, and until then, stay staunch. Thank you. Bye.